Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today is a great friend of mine. He's a classmate from my high school at Suitland. He's an information tech, tech information technology security officer, Mr. Earl Matthews. Thank you for joining me. No, man, the pleasure's on mine. Thank you for allowing me to be on your platform here, man. Oh, man, I'm honored. It's, you know, I, I follow you on Facebook and Instagram, and it's just great to see brothers that I grew up with doing great things. Hey, man, appreciate it. Appreciate it. So with that title, um, I know it requires a lot of education. So at what age did you truly realize the value of education? I don't know if I really ever had this aha moment like, yo, you know what? This is going to take me places. I think it was just one of those things where, uh, you know, I just, I just happened upon it. Like I never, I didn't grow up thinking I was going to be an information security officer. Um, I knew I liked games and computers and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, funny story is I remember my mother was just telling me like a couple years back, you know, I used to always be fiddling around with gadgets and playing games and, you know, using computers, my cousin's computers, because we didn't have one. And I must have mentioned to my mother, like, yo, I really like, you know, my cousin's computer. And, uh, you know, she didn't have the money for one. So apparently she took out this loan, some completely financial, irresponsible decision, you know, that I probably wouldn't do now. <laughs> but, you know, to to invest in this computer and give me a, a Commodore 64. And I love now, that thing, you know, and that's probably where it all started. Now, what is that? That's like a special type of computer because I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's like, it's like this old computer that pretty much all you could do is just like type documents on and make a little weird graphics. It was like one of the, the first personal computers that came out, you know. So wow. I don't know how much she paid for it. I'm assuming it probably wasn't like $2,000 or something, but whatever, it was probably like at least $500. She didn't have the money for it. So she took out a loan to get me this. I think it was for Christmas or something like that. Wow. And, uh, so she, she invested in you early. Yeah. And, and, you know, it just shows the power of investing in your kids early. You know, you got to be willing to make that commitment and it pays off. You know, it pays wow. off. So. That's great, man. That's yeah. great that she, that she had the foresight to see that you was going to be doing that. I mean, I don't know if that was her goal or if she was just like, look, you know, I want to do something special for my son. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe that's what it was. Or maybe well, she's... Yeah, either, either way. way. Yeah, exactly. Either way, I mean, it was an investment. And and now that you're actually in the field and you're making great progress, it, it sounds like it was worth it. Yeah, that's what she always tells me. She's like, you know, I'm responsible for that. I'm like, well, you know, I think I had a little something to do with it. It's like, no, <laughs> no it's all me. <laughs> So how did so how did you make the decision to go into the field that you're currently in? So you know I got out of I got out of high school, you know I wasn't a like any type of A plus student. I, I mean I held like a three I was I was walking that line. I think I graduated with like a three point oh one or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I went to uh, I applied to a bunch of different colleges and I got accepted to you know a few of them, but nobody was giving me giving me any money. I applied to Bowie State and they threw some money at me. So it was, it was all right, automatic. Here I come. Oh, so that's how you ended up in Bowie. Yeah, that's how I ended up in Bowie. They threw some money at me. I was like, I'm there. So was it a full ride or partial? Like, it's, it's crazy because I had two scholarships. Like I had one from the honors program and then I had one from a, a program called uh, Models of Excellence or something like that. It was like a science and engineering program. Okay. So I had two, and with those two, I got I had a full ride. 
Oh, Unfortunately, okay. year in, you know, partying and just school life lost one of the scholarships. So, oh, wow. Yeah, man. How'd that make you feel when you, like, was that a crushing blow when you lost that scholarship? I think at the time, it wasn't really nothing to me. I was like, I'm just going to take out this loan and keep going. And my mother was upset. My parents were upset. <laughs> you know, my mother and father was like, you lost the scholarship? And the funny, the funny thing, you had the main thing, the 3.0, I dropped to like a 2.96 or something. They were like, yep, see you later. So. Wait a minute. So, oh, so, oh, so the, the, the you, you had to keep a 3.0 to keep the scholarship. Yeah. Wow. And you I had a 2.9. Like a, like a 2.96 or somewhere, 2.9 or something. They were like, yep. Get him out of here. Damn. That's crazy. Mm. I don't, I don't, I'm going to be honest. I don't know how I would have handled that one. Yeah, if, I just, uh, yeah, go I ahead. Just, I'm I sorry. No, nah, I just roll with the punches. I'm just like, all right, well, uh, <laughs> You know, we're going we're gonna to make another solution. So I think my mother took out a loan and uh, she had it in her name. Cause I, I don't know if I didn't qualify or they wouldn't give me the loan or what it is, but or they make your parents co-sign on these loans. I don't, I don't even remember how it worked out now. But um, yeah, I was still in there. And I still had a partial scholarship. So, you know, they was covering most of it. I just had to, I think I had to pay for like room and board or something like that. I could have went and moved back home and I probably would have been straight, but I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to go back home. You know, I want to stay on campus. Oh, so you wanted that full college experience? Yeah, yeah, I think that's important, man. You know, I think I think it's good to have that full college experience if you if you got it. But if you don't, like if it was if it was all out, we had to pay everything. I probably would have been sitting out. So what? Okay, so I, I want to touch on that because I I've never actually experienced living on campus. I mean, I did a couple college courses, but I never really experienced college life per se what did you feel is the difference between like going like living with your parents as opposed to living on campus well, i definitely think it's a different level of independence because you know if you're living with your parents they might be like look you got school and you got class and you know 45 minutes you need to get up college you know you go to sleep you know you might not go to sleep before in the morning playing spades or you know <laughs> mad or whatever you're doing that was like normal for us four in the morning we're playing 007 or Madden or something before in the morning. We got a class in three hours. Um, Man, you had a lot of irresponsible things going on, bro. <laughs> I mean, I, everybody, everybody does. That's, I mean, that's just how it is. I mean, I mean, as you get further down into it, you really start to focus a little more. But those first couple, at least that first year, yes. Yeah, it's, it's like a culture shock. You know, you've never had this much freedom. I mean, maybe you have, but... You know, there's always somebody, you know, there's always somebody there to be like, uh, yeah, ain't you supposed to be in school right now? But in college, you I, miss a class. You miss a class. Nobody, nobody's asking you any questions. Nobody, nobody cares. I, I, can, I can see what you're saying, though, because it's like, it's that level of independence. So I get it. And it's kind of like teaching you how to balance your time. So I, I can understand that. Yeah, I had friends, you know, I had friends there who had never washed their own clothes, you know, or, or never ironed. And I'm like, you know, you meet all types of people from, different backgrounds from all over the country, from all over the world. So yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a good experience to stay on campus and, and have a roommate. Like some people have never had a roommate. Like you might have your brother or your sister, but somebody you just don't know. Oh, you know, in so. college you had a roommate? Yeah, yeah, definitely. How was that? What was that like? I was lucky to always have like cool roommates, you know? Like my Were, first, they, from like, your, were they from your area? No, my first roommate, 
it was a Jewish guy uh, named Whoa. Jeremiah, right? And this is a HBCU, you know? So almost everybody on the campus is black. And, you know, he was like one of maybe the only white guys on the entire floor, maybe, of my dorm. And uh, yeah, when he applied, I don't think he knew that it was HBCU. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't, I, re I really, I really don't think he knew. But they probably did the same thing for him that they did for me. They threw some money at him. And he's like, I'm there, you know. But but you know, I've I, I don't know if that I don't I don't know if it's true or not. But I've heard that um, if, if when a person that's you know that's not black goes to HBCU, they're considered a minority, so they actually get like scholarship money. Yeah, it may it, that may have been the case, but uh, you know, he transferred out after two years, so it might have been one of those things where he like, you know what. I'm gonna go here and get uh, you know, the the classes don't that don't really apply to my major that I can take anywhere, you know. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm gonna do that, and then for the the classes that really apply to my major, I'm gonna transfer to a bigger school. That's not a bad deal. I mean, if you could get it, like if you can um, have them pay for it. I mean, hell, why not? I mean, I yeah, guess they figure we the minority, so I guess they figure. <laughs> looking looking back on it, if I had the opportunity. And I didn't get a scholarship. I would have definitely went to PG uh, Community College for two years, you know, and got all the classes that don't apply to my major first, and then maybe transfer to a bigger school. You get that two-year degree, and then you transfer. That way, you're not paying those university prices for classes that, and I don't want to say they're not going to help you, but they don't really apply to your major. They're just general classes that everybody has to take. Yeah, it's funny because when I I took um, when I was actually when I was in school, that's ironically that's why I went. I went to uh, PG, and my plan was to like get the core classes out of the way. Yep. But uh, unfortunately, I wasn't mature enough to handle it. Like I, I don't even know. If, I will, I'm not even gonna say it was a maturity thing. It was um, I was like working and trying to do other things and unfortunately it kind of affected my studies hey man college college is not an end-all be-all for anybody like i tell my kids all the time like you don't have to go to college but you you're going to have a plan you know i'm saying you need to you need to have a plan of what you're going to do so i don't think college is you know uh, um, going to determine if you're successful or not I don't think college has anything to do with that. It just it just so happens that certain fields might require a degree, so you might have to go that route. If you want to be a doctor, I don't think you can be a doctor and not have a degree. Yeah, I don't True. know how many patients you're going to have. I mean, it's, it's interesting you say that because, I mean, considering you went, um, were you, you, how old are your kids? My kids are seven. I got twins, so they're seven. Oh, okay. So they, it's kind of... I wonder how they're going to receive that when they get old enough to understand it. Yeah, me and my wife, you know, we 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 try to instill in them that you know education is important, you know, and 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 never downplay your education. Like you know, some kids go in school and maybe it's not cool to be the kid that knows all the answers or something like that. You're like, nah, nah. If you know the answer, raise your hand. Don't don't just sit back in class and act like you don't know. You know, raise your hand, answer the question. And get your education, especially when it's free. I mean, they go to public school. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, listen. So I wanted to touch on um, me, because of course, me and you friends, and I also follow you on LinkedIn. And you have something that's called a CISSP. I wanted you to describe exactly what that is. 
And so CISSP is a, is a certification that just covers like a broad range of security topics. So if you want to be considered like a, uh, uh, I want to say a professional in information security, CISSP is a certification that you'd want to have under your belt. Um, it's a pretty challenging test. Um, I mean, you'll run into people that have it, but it's not like a widespread thing. Like you could just spot somebody, I'm sure, yeah, he has one, he has one, he has one. Uh, a lot of people take it, have to take it numerous times to pass it. But um, yeah, it's, it's not a, it's not something that every, everybody has yet. Yeah, because I, I, my wife has one and I know all the work she had to put in to get it. That's yeah. why I wanted you to touch on it because it, that thing is not easy to get. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember when I was going, I was, I mean, I was lucky enough to pass it on my first try, but when I walked out, I was like, oh, I don't know if I passed the test or not. They give you six hours to take the test. I was in there for four and a half and I just, I said, I'm, and I just finished the test. I didn't even go back and check the answers. I was like, I'm done. I'm, I've been in here four and a half hours. <laughs> you know? And, my, yeah, my wife was telling me, she was just like, she was like, it was a really hard test, and she was surprised that she passed it. Yeah, when I took it, you know, it was it was still, you had to use pencil and Scantron. You know, now it's computerized, but I took it back in 2009, 2008, something like that. And it was a pencil, so you knew, and they're filling in the bubbles. And after 200, I think it was 225 questions, you're like, look, man, I'm done. I'm out. Pass wow. the pill. I don't care. I'm done. So you took, it, you took it way back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean... The one thing that always drives me to do better, because I always feel like when I'm somewhere, like, always, a lot of times I feel like I don't belong here. Like, what am I doing here? Like, I'm not as qualified as these other people sitting around me. I need to do something to get on their level. And so I take these tests, and then you find out, you take these certifications, you find out these guys don't even have it. They've never had it. They've never even tried. And you're like, wait a minute. Here I am doubting, you know, my abilities, when these guys haven't even taken the test. Yeah, because I looked up the stats because when my wife took it, I looked up the stat, and I want to say it's only like 30,000 people in the world with it. It's a crazy number. Oh, yeah. I thought, I thought it would be more than that, but, but maybe not. No, it's not. It's it's low. That number is really, like, it was, I'm pretty sure, I'm going to look it up again after this, but it was low. It was in the, it wasn't, when I looked it up at the time, it wasn't more than 40,000. It was low. It was really wrong. Hey, well, I'm feeling pretty exclusive there. I'm glad you told yeah. me. <laughs> I'm gonna look again. I'm gonna look again. I'm gonna I'm make sure. But but I'm a, but I will say the the ratio, like with people that have it, it's very low. Like it, it, it's an it's a very elite club you belong to having it. So I definitely I mean, commend you for doing the work and getting it. <laughs> Yeah, some people get priced out. Like, if your job isn't willing to pay for it, a lot of people might just be like, I'm not doing it. It's like $600 to take the test. You know, so. Well, I mean, that's not, that's not a lot, though. I mean, for what it sets you up to do. Yeah, I mean, but if you fail it, a lot of jobs, you're like, if you pass it, yeah, we'll pay for it. If you don't, well, you know, you just got to eat the $600. <laughs> you know, so when I was in there, when I went to take my test for the first time, it was people would, I hear people over talking, this is my fifth time taking it. And I'm like, yeah, I would have gave up after two. You know, I. Oh, really? I'm 1,200. I'm out, you know, but, uh, yeah, I got lucky. And, yeah. Man, so you would only take it twice. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, you got to know when to hold them and know when to hold them, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get my kids that message, though. That's not the message I want to pass on, but, 
yeah, if I had to take it more than twice, I would have been like six hundred dollars every time. You know, and, and and when you see the industry, there's so many people who don't have it and are successful. You're like, well, baby, I don't, I don't need it. Yeah, you know? I see what you're saying, but it's it's still something great to have. Yeah, it definitely sets you apart. Like when you go in for interviews and stuff like that, some people, like some employers, just do searches on that certification. You know, so if you don't have that certification, you never even show up in there. Their search when they're looking for employer employees and stuff like that. So, so and, and then I wanted to, um, you know, I look at you. I always consider you a successful person. Um, what are some of the ways you feel blacks can can um, can be successful because without sports and entertainment? Because it seems like it's always the driving narrative that we got to be entertainers and athletes to have a successful life. Well, what would you say some avenues to take? besides those two? Um, I mean, I don't, I think that used to be true, but I don't, I don't really know if it's true anymore. Like most of my coworkers are black. Mm-hmm. Like most of the people that are on the, they're on the same level with me or even slightly above me, they're black. And I'm, and I'm like, you know what, this is, this is a change from the dynamic because growing up, you know, all of us were like, you know, NBA, musician. No one ever said, you know what, I'm going to be, um, I guess information security wasn't as big back then, but you know, none of us even thought thought on that level. Like we we weren't we weren't qualified to hold those positions. But now it's wide open. I think those doors have been broken open for years. And I think as long as you just apply yourself, and and your parents have to push you too. Parents play a big role in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think you can do anything you want to at this point. So do you feel like, um, because I, I, I look at the, the numbers for that field, and it's a shortage, not, not just with Blacks, but just period, it's a shortage in that field. Do you feel like we, we push each other enough towards the field? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess there could be more STEM programs in, in, in Black neighborhoods and stuff like that. I mean, obviously... The, our neighborhoods never get as, it seems like we never have as much as some of the more wealthy neighborhoods. You know, growing up in Suitland, we had a computer lab, and I don't know how old those computers were, you know, but yes. I'm sure if we had went to Montgomery County, it would have it would have looked totally different. Yeah. You know, it would have yeah. looked totally different. And, uh, I mean, and Suitland was a, I think, it was probably a well-funded school. I mean, it was a huge school. They had their own uh, vocal arts program. I mean, their whole performing arts program and Botech and all these other things. But you know, I don't. I just don't think we got the same learning experience as you would get if you moved outside the county, maybe Howard County or Montgomery County, something like that. So yeah, I think it's amazing how um, like finances and resources dictate the type of education you get. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, those those budgets. You know, we don't pay attention to budgets. You know, you see the budget, you're like, oh, they, you know, they, they got $80 million going towards school. And we think, oh, that number's amazing. But really, you know, it might be a neighborhood, you know, right down the street that's getting 200 million. Now, what, school do you, what schools are your kids in? What county? My school, my kids go to Prince George County Public Schools. It's funny because we actually moved, and I feel kind of bad about doing this. We actually moved to get into a better school district. You know, why do you always, feel bad? Why do you feel bad? It's one of those things like you can't improve a situation if you always move away from it. Like you say, that's a horrible school, but you can't make the school better if you move away. 
Okay. You know, the school will you. never get any better. But at the same time, you don't want your kids to be lab rats. Like, I'm not sending my kids there so they can be lab rats and help make the school better. You know, so. But somebody has to be like, you know what? We live in a bad neighborhood with a bad school, but how's the school going to get any better if all the, all the people who really care about their kids' education move away to a school that's already established? You know, yeah, that's the. And see, that's the thing. That's the that's the challenges we face. Like, I, because my daughter, uh, we we in Fairfax County, so their their uh, school system is rated, you know, really high. But it's just like you look around, because um, I, you know, we both went to PG County schools, and you just look at the resources, and it's like, man, like I'm over here, and they have a strong PTA. Um, just a bunch of different clubs and different things that the the students can do during school, after school. It's just so much, and I and it's just funny, like when you say that, like how do you improve the situation if you're leaving? And it's so it's it's so frustrating because it's like right, but like you said, you don't want your kid to be the 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 project, yeah. What do you do? I mean, it's it's a tough situation to be in. I mean, I have I have a couple friends who, who, you know, moved into neighborhoods. You know, because the the housing is normally cheaper. They like, yo, I can get a lot better house if I'm moving in this neighborhood. And I'm like, well, you know, the school isn't that good. He's like, look, school is what you make. You know, and a lot of times that's the case. You know, I don't think they're bad teachers and bad administrators. I think it's just students there that, that need some more focus or, or someone to really show that they really care and really be involved. And a lot of times the parents, parents just send their kids to school like it's free daycare, like just go to school, it's free daycare, I gotta go to work. You know, yeah. but if you're really involved in your kids' education, you'll be up there, you know, twice a week if you gotta be up there. You know, talking yeah. to teachers, developing learning plans, doing what you gotta do. So Yeah, it, it, you're right. I mean it's it's with, it's definitely what the parents make it. It's it's just so tough. Like I, I look at man. I was talking to one of my other, um, another one of our classmates. Um, we, I called him one day, and um, I was like, man, I don't even know how we got on the subject. And I was like, man, did you see the the rating for our school? Because they got the they got that uh, site called Better Schools or something. Yeah, definitely. And and my elementary school was rated like a two, and I was like, yeah. What uh, what school? What school was it? Uh, Bradbury Heights. Yeah, man. Capitol Heights, District Heights, Forestville students. Yeah, my that was school I went to, I think was like it's not even there anymore. Um, what school was that? It was it was John Edgar Howard. That school closed? Yeah, it's cool. I think it's like a recreation center or something there. So you know what? I I I just looked it up because I was just talking to my wife about it. I was like, it was a school right behind her. And I looked it up and I was like, well, there's no rating, but they had a phone number and everything. Yeah. Hmm. And so you know Bradbury Heights. It's right. It's right the street. Yeah. I, the funny thing is, I actually lived in District Heights at the time, but uh, my parents had me at this babysitter, and the babysitter was closer to, um, you know, John Edgar Howard. So that's where I had to go, because that's where the bus picked me up at. So I went to District Heights for a year, and then we're going to John Edgar Howard, and like both of them now, I think, you know, I don't know what District Heights is, but last when we checked the ratings are just so low you you just can't imagine sending your kids to this school knowing that the yeah. rates are so low yeah and the, um 
I know the, the school Capitol Heights is actually rated pretty good because that's a STEM school, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, a lot of like it's funny because a lot of those schools that have the high ratings are real selective about who they let in, you know. And I'm kind of like, oh, I don't like that, but yeah. But then it goes back to that. It goes back to the education piece. Like, I mean, it's selective. It, and then another thing that's happening too, especially in PG County, charter schools. Yeah, like those things are, are growing up like weeds. Right? We actually sent all the kids to a charter school for the first year for kindergarten. They went to a charter school. We moved to get into a better school district. But before we moved, we had applied for all these charter schools. And no sooner than we settle in this new house and this new school district, we get an invitation to this charter school. We we could have did that and stayed in our old house. So how was the charter school? It was okay. I mean, we weren't we weren't really feeling it. They, I mean, it was a newer charter school, so they didn't have all their processes and stuff together. So some things were a little out of, out of whack. So we went on and moved them back to the neighborhood school. And I mean, we love the neighborhood school. I mean, there's a ton of kids. I mean, the school is clearly overpopulated, but they handle it well and they manage it well. So, so we're excited. We like the school. We're good. So how do you balance uh, your family, your family life, and your work life. It's a challenge, man, because, uh, you know, sometimes my job, it requires me to travel, not too much, but a little bit. And, um, you know, you're working those long hours. And I work in Northern Virginia, so I'm, I'm traveling from my house in Northern Virginia. It's like an hour each way. Um, <laughs> you just, I mean, you just got to make the sacrifices. Family always comes first. And, you know, when I go into a job interview, I always try to kind of let the people know, look, my family comes first. Um, I mean, I'm here and I will do everything I can to support the mission. But, you know, if anything with my family comes up, and most employers will understand that. Yeah. They have families and they understand. So, it's, it's, I mean, but it's, it's difficult because sometimes, you know, you look at the, the, your coworkers who don't have kids and you're like, and you, and you look at them sometimes like, how could you possibly be late? Like every day, <laughs> how's that possible? <laughs> like you can't be like if I'm here on time. I got two kids. I got to drop them off school, ironing and washing clothes and homework and all this stuff. How could you possibly be late, right? Forgetting how it was when you when you didn't have any kids and you were late every day, you know? Yeah, yeah those just, kids provide structure though. They do. They will make you get on the schedule. <laughs> yeah, mine. I got one, and, and fortunately. Uh, we, we, we have a set. My wife, her her morning schedule is pretty flexible. Mine is not. So I have to be to work. At, I got a hard time to be at work. Like, I got to be to work at 6.30. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, man. <laughs> well, I'm not like yeah. you. I'm not like you computer professionals. Y'all kind of can, like, set y'all schedule, get there when y'all get there. See, I'm not like that. I mean, my kids get up at, what, like 5.45 every morning. That's how early we have to wake them up. What? For what? Uh, for, and my, ki- my kid's school doesn't even, it's like the latest starting, starting school in the county, I swear. It starts at like 9.15. What the hell are you getting them up so early for? Because both me and my wife have to leave the house by 7 o'clock. You know, we got to leave by 7, so we dropped them off at before care, the school hours before care service. We dropped them off there, and they're in there for like two hours before school even starts. <laughs> Which is insane. God. You know, but... Uh, Luckily, the football care, you know, they do some activities with them and stuff. So they're not just sitting there staring at the walls. But, well, but what yeah. time they go to bed? 
we try to put them in bed at eight. He normally leans closer to eight thirty, but you know, we try to we try to get them in bed at eight. You know, it's like sometimes we really don't think about the long days these kids have. I know. Like my my daughter, she gets like my wife wakes my daughter up at about seven fifteen. She has to be to school at eight thirty. So my wife gets to school by eight thirty, and then I have to pick her up from after school at like five thirty. So she comes home, she eats dinner, does her home, you know, does her homework. By the time she does all that, we at about seven o'clock. So she gets maybe like an hour and ten minutes of leisure time. It's time to go to bed. Yeah. And don't have your kids in any activities. Like, you know, we try to get our kids in a couple of different things. Like they might have swim class or, you know, they're in Kung Fu or something like that. You know, you do that after school, but kids got the energy. That's the thing about it. They just, it seems like they just have limitless energy. Now you'll be, yeah. you'll be tired. You'll be ready to pass out. You know, I'm falling, I'm falling asleep in swim class. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm leaning against, I'm leaning against the wall in swim class. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, mine has uh mine has like dance on Friday. Yeah. Uh now she has um I think this coming October she's gonna start well I can't today is October. So some, either this week or next week she's gonna start Tiny Chef. Nice. Then you got tutoring. So man, these kids got real lives. Like they busy just like we are. <laughs> I mean, but you know, you gotta be the taxi cab, you know, and, and imagine when they get older. You know, and then in high school, you ri- then they start going further out. You know, you can take a bunch of local stuff now. Yeah. You know, but when you get in high school, they go into different counties, and you got drive here, drive there. And it's not like you can leave and walk away because it's so far away. You might as well stay there. You don't want to drive home and come all the way back. Brian, don't remind me, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it's truly been a pleasure, man, doing this interview, which I want to thank you for uh, doing this for me. Nah, man, I definitely appreciate it, man. Not too many people to get the follow through on their vision, man. And, and you're doing it, man. Like, I don't, like, the job I have, I, I can't say it's my dream job. I don't wake up every morning like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to go to work. But I, I feel like this is this is something you look forward to every day. I do, know? man. I really do. And, and and before I before we end this call, man, look, let me say, brother, I'm so proud of you, man. I follow you. You know, you know we've been friends since since high school, since the 90s. So to see the man you become, the family man, I'm so proud of you, bro. Keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. You got big things in your future, man. Man, thank you. Um, I wanted to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Um, Again, thank you, Mr. Matthews, for your time. And you all have a great day.